1: Totally, just enough, just enough to be different. I had to set down my air guitar. Oh, I, I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were just going to be mimicking and mocking me. Yeah, okay, Paul. You're just going to start the show the way you always do. Master coaching show, Paul Winkler. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hey, there is trust Whatever. in consistency. There. Oh wow, I like that. You know what? That's so true. The sun comes up. There you go. I mean, within a couple, if it rises
0: in the west some morning, I'm going to be worried.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I start the show differently, (laughs) you're going to be even more worried. (laughs) There you
0: go. Full moon tonight, so all bets are off. Is it really? Either tonight or last night. It was pretty full. It was
1: bright last night. It was last night. No, was, thank it, you. It was bright. It was very bright. Because okay. I was so distracted by it, I kept staring. <laughs> I almost crashed. You were out there howling at the moon, weren't you, Leviticus? Yes. How did you <laughs> know? It, I, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think that there's more than just Leviticus howling at the moon. This weird go. lately. There's a lot of weird stuff going on right now. It's it must be Halloween. It,
0: well, that and um, you know, it's just there's news important news mm-hmm. i'll i'll even use the term mm-hmm. on just like every front in society and culture right now i mean it really is a busy time in terms of noise for the market
1: i think that's so true i mean you look at you know congress yeah you hear oh man they just shot themselves in the foot for you know you know, because they they got somebody in there yeah, they, yay, yay, they got somebody in there. Right. Oh, boo, boo, they got somebody in there that's really conservative <laughs> and everybody's going to hate them.
0: What? Pence is leaving. Oh, no, oh, good, and we're moving into Gaza. Well, that's, oh, well, oh, yeah, I mean, well, it's just, good. it's no, creating it's noise it's good. No, it's on bad. every front, interest rates, inflation. Um. Mm-hmm. It would be a tough time to be an investor that doesn't use our philosophy right now. I would just think you would be a mess.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's so true. So, you know, the, uh, the level of angst. and But then, then again, there was something interesting you'll find. Uh-huh. Which is so screwed up. I was like, I've got to use this for the radio show. <laughs> I have got to use this for the radio show because it is so – a few weeks ago, I don't know if you heard that there was this thing I did. Uh, it was from advisor perspectives. It was how financial journalism was failing its readers. I recall something about that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I did a little segment on that, and I said, oh, you know, here, this is so true. I agree with it. And they were talking about how financial journalism just <laughs> fails its readers big time. And they just – you look to the media sources, and we – why is it we know that the media fails us in every other area, but we somehow think with investing it's going to get it right? You know, and, yeah. And I think, wow, yeah, of course that's, uh, yeah, of course they're going to get this wrong as well, yep. and they do in just a brilliant manner. So um, anyway, say they, they're they're talking about how they're they're failing, it and you know, investors are going out there looking for information because they want to self educate and you know the problem is you think that you're getting this objective source and you just are not right yeah uh, when it gets down to the media and they've got to get your eyeballs glued to the screen and you know they're talking about how you know they use the example of Wayne Gretzky which I used gosh what I've been using that one for 20 something years I'll never forget my word, Yep. my first really bad Really bad audio tape that I did. This is pre-radio <laughs> show days, right? So I did this, this audio thing, and I'll never get. I have, a, I have one of my friends. Smoke Susan. signals of one of your early shows. <laughs> oh my goodness! So Susan, one of my friends, she was a dear friend. We used to we used to work out this gym, and I met her, and she, we became really really good friends and everything. And we would talk all the time. And she goes, she, and still to this day, she brings up. Paul, you remember that first audio tape that you did? <laughs> it was an educational thing, and I was like, "Susan, just be quiet, will you?" <laughs> and, and it was because it was, it was really bad, Paul. It really was.
0: But we've all grown For since then.
1: So, so any of you that are, you know, think, man, you know, I really want to do this. I would really like to younger people, especially. I'd really want to get good at this, but I'm just no good at it. Recognize that nobody's good at anything when they first start, right? Uh, it's, yeah. just, it's a lesson of life, right? So I used the example, though, in this thing of Wayne Gretzky. And I said, Uh you know, Wayne Gretzky used to have this thing about hockey. Why was he such a great hockey player? Yeah, He was not skating to where the puck is. Right. You know, he's skating to where the puck is going to be. Right. And, you know, that was the thing about investors. You know, they think that they're they're skating to where the puck is going to be when they invest, and they, they think that they're getting ahead of the curve. No, you're not. <laughs> it's just right. You have no clue. Uh, but that was, you know, kind of what the this writer of this article was saying that the financial media is trying to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you what's going to happen next and what to expect based on what's happening in Congress and what's happening in in China yeah. and what's going on, you know, in, in you know, Russia versus Ukraine, and and then you got, of course. I mean, good grief! You know, India. You know, industrialization of India, yeah. and then you've got Congress. Then you've got the president, and then they've got things saying, "Hey, prognostications that if if Biden just gets a better vice president pick, he yeah. he can he can he can put this one out of the park, right? Right? And you go, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then. And you got people trying to use interest rate predictions. You know what's going to happen there. So you know. Anyway, you know, I got a lot of stuff on this. Well, this this article caught my attention. You'll love this, Evan. Who are you calling dumb money? Oh, everyday investors do just fine. Now, what do we say that everyday investors are actually doing? They're mm-hmm.
0: underperforming by about six hundred basis points. 6% yeah, which is or so. yeah
1: six percent is, and it's not minor. It's not minor. You know, so this is Jeff Beckman knew he wouldn't get rich. I almost hate using a person's name because I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) lampoon him. Working for a nonprofit. So he invested in the stock market. I'm not going to get rich in my job, so I'm going to invest in the stock market and get rich. Well, the reality of it is, this is something I always teach, is that you don't use the stock market to get rich. You use the stock market to preserve wealth as best you can is the idea behind it. Now, for nearly four decades, Beckman has steadily contributed to his employer-sponsored retirement plan, allocated almost entirely to stocks. And he bought shares of blah, blah, blah. He's talking about some stock he bought the shares of. And he says, quoting him, if you're too conservative in your approach, you may outlive your savings. And I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's it's a fine statement. Uh, good. Yeah, excellent. Wall Street has long derided amateur investors as unsophisticated market participants. One good reason. I mean, you look back at history, and I, I my the first one that I ever heard where really this was talked about. Is I, you know, remember Kennedy, the patriarch Kennedy, in the late 1930s. you ever hear that story, Evan? I'm gonna say no. Okay, so so he was getting his shoes shined. Oh, yes. Okay. Remember you remember that story? Okay. Yes. Okay, so basically he's getting the guy's getting his shoe the Kennedy is getting his shoe shined. And the guy that's the shoe shine guy is, in this is 1929. Right. B- before the Great Depression, before the stock market just plummets, goes, hey, you know, you know, he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about <laughs> investing in stocks, right? Yeah. And um, of course. Kennedy goes, oh, my, <laughs> the shoeshine guy is talking about it's like us driving around, you know, being dro- yes. driven in a Uber car. And the person is talking to us about Bitcoin or, you know, something like that. And and uh, and of course, Bitcoin now, you know, goes up and goes. It, it goes back and it recently right. had yeah. this increase in value and you go, oh, look, it, this is really wise. No, it goes up and down based on supply and demand. Quick question. And, and you have. Yes. Have, OK, so yesterday I was at the grocery store. You know, there's Bitcoin machines. I've seen a Bitcoin machine in a grocery store.
0: You sure that wasn't a coin counter?
1: No, no, it's <laughs> a Bitcoin.
0: Video- I should have taken. I sh- I, uh, I'm gonna you go should, back you to should it today should really and take should a picture take, of it.
1: Yeah, well, just whenever, yeah, at your convenience. I mean, seriously, Bitcoin? Are you kidding me? No, okay. I'm dead uh, yeah. serious. Well, there there are new ETFs that are there are doing that as well, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was announced. They got new. Okay, well, you know. You can make a lot of money on that being the person that sells the ETF. Um, you or, can be the person you. that sells in the wrong business, in the grocery putting, store. putting it together. Of yeah. course you can. You can make good money on the one. And yeah, well you know who made all the money with the gold rush? It was people selling the pickaxes, and you know they, they were the ones that made all the money. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so you know, Wall Street's long derided amateurs, investors, and unsophisticated market market participants prone to buying high and selling low. But the typical individual investor's long-term mindset – I love long-term. What's your definition of long-term? <laughs> and penchant for risk-taking has proved fruitful in the technology-driven market of the past decade. That's long-term. And you for a lot of us, yes. Right. A decade is a long period of time. Defying the dumb money caricature. Now, this is the same thing that happened in the 90s, lest we forget. You know, literally the tech right. run-up started. I remember I bought my first laptop computer. I literally sent in life insurance applications back in my deep, dark days of being life insurance agent in 1989. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were moving off of DOS, you yes. know, basically disk operating system. Uh-huh. And we were going to Windows-based stuff, you know, in the early 90s. so. You look at when tech run-up started to happen. it was then. Yep. You know, and I think this also looked brilliant until tech went down eighty <laughs> percent. It it was great until it quit working. Yeah, it was it was really great. <laughs> you know, it was like my electric car. No, I don't have an electric car. Right. <laughs> it was great until you know until I had to take a long trip. Right? Oh, you hear man. you know the the information about the electric cars that they're actually their distance that they're going is. I mean, huge. Not it's not a small percentage, less yeah. than than what they actually were purported to go. Oh no, I missed that. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's a high high percentage, like fifty percent less capacity for distance, wow. something like it's it's really bad. Well, yeah,
0: this is probably in cold weather. We can come back to this topic, but uh, there was in looking through some of this stuff the last couple of days. Uh-huh. Um, it sounds like several manufacturers are starting to back off on yes EV kind of across the board
1: they which, really are which probably
0: makes sense but it was interesting just seeing how widespread that move had become
1: yeah the profitability is challenging because they have these cars sitting on the lots way longer than they ever intended is yeah. what's going on and then all of a sudden you find out I mean think about it you know we all know it that when I you know if you grew up in upstate New York like I did, uh-huh. you know that batteries are challenged in the it, winter. Right. They're challenged. I mean, it's, you know, getting them to hold the charge and actually have the, uh, the you know, be able to turn over your engine right. when it's cold. It's not just a function of how cold the engine is. You know, it, you can help when you heat the block, you know, that's what we used to do. That's, man yeah my, my <laughs> driving step, cars and the you right. know was,
0: you that was not for for wimps well my stepbrother lives in Alaska and you uh-huh. know they oh yeah they
1: plug them in and just heat them like absolutely. outside the store that is absolutely oh yeah 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 for sure so it says that that uh, the average individual individual investor, their portfolio has risen about 150%, excuse me, uh, since the beginning of 2014, according to the investment research from Vanda Research. The S&P 500, that beat the S&P 500 uh, roughly over that period of time. Now, this is, this is just it. So wh- why did this happen in this particular case? Well, they concentrated very heavily on technology companies, these people that happen to get it good. Well, what are the most recognizable companies that you might invest in out there? I mean, if I said to you, "We do this, right, Evan?" Yep. No, hey, just name some companies. Now, you know, pick a stock, any stock, and people will typically go, "Uh Amazon, uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft." And and you'd go, "They're naming all tech stocks." You know, because that's the stuff that's that's recognizable. And of course, if we look at recent history, those are the companies making news constantly, and the companies are choosing you. You're not choosing the companies. Right. Right. See, and, you know, so, and what we mean by that is when we think of companies, we just don't think of companies that we hadn't heard of, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. You know, so anyway, what happens is we look at this and we go, well, diversification, you, you look dumb. When you have markets like this, you look stupid when you're not concentrated and a few companies are doing everything. It's like seven companies, the magnific- magnificent seven, mm-hmm. have given us all the return of the S&P 500. Just seven companies that are all tech companies. And, you know, that we have a saying that's called everyone's a genius in a bull market. Well, when we talk about professional investors and we look at the quote-unquote supposed smart money and we talk about, you know, gosh, even the pros can't get this right – what happens is that they can't, it's like, you know, and they, they talk, they, they give a stat on the, in the article. Professional lending managers often have a hard time beating their benchmarks. Over the past decade, 86% of large cap U.S. equity funds have underperformed the S&P 500, according to S&P Dow Jones indices. And, you know, if you look at 15 years, you know, that's just 10 years. You look at 15 years, you get up to 92, 94%. But here's the thing. It's, you know, you look at these people and go, well, you know, they outperformed the S&P 500, but they did it doing something that professional managers are like, I don't think this is a really good idea. And they can't do it because basically you, well, you can, you can, you you could, you could, you could actually, uh, if you use a sector fund or something like that, it's a really bad idea, but you could, but they they actually diversify more. So, you know, you look at it and they have. Oh, underperformed over that period of time, well, they haven't done as well as these amateurs because they were more diversified than the amateurs. Yes. Right?
0: Yeah. And to me, there's two things actually at play in that article. Uh, and with the stats that you just read mm-hmm. was the the inherent claim of you know, the uneducated or the Main Street investor, whatever term that was they were using. Uneducated. Uh, you know, yeah. is maybe not so bad after all. You hear that? Well, that means the professionals are great. That's kind of inherent in that claim of well, we're good. Oh, yeah. if they aren't. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. And the stats you just said is well, ninety percent of
1: us don't beat our benchmark right. anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> that's so, uh, that, so. You're not so great not either. Not too good either. Yeah. But they're they're beating the S and P. And the reason they're beating the S and P is they aren't as diversified as yes. the S and P. Is my right. point. Yeah. You know, so you look at that and go, wow, they're not as diversified. So when the inevitable change in markets comes, then they are crucified when that happens because then they are in an undiversified position and they've got nowhere to hide when that comes crumbling down. Right. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean you ought to sit there and go, well, you know what? My house hasn't burned down yet. (laughs) I don't need homeowners insurance. I haven't had a major auto accident yet. I haven't had a disability yet. I haven't had, you know, fill in the blank yet, therefore I don't have to do anything to protect myself. Right. That would be just as illogical. You know, so the last part of this, I'm going to save for after the break because I think that it, it, it would be fairly short, but I think it's worth talking about. It's another assumption that they're making that I think is really bad. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, and financial planning, tax laws constantly changing, and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So, we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything that we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So, you can get a initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. So back to this um, issue with who you calling dumb money? <laughs> who you calling? Who you calling dumb? Uh, everyday investors do just fine, according to the Wall Street Journal. But of course, as we just talked about, they are doing fine over a very short period of time. Right. And they're doing fine by not diversifying and that's why people don't diversify quite frankly uh, sometimes people don't diversify because they think they can hit a lick and maybe catch up and yeah the reality of it is maybe they're behind on their savings and they want to try to hit a lick to get a little higher return to make up for lost time because they didn't do that well but guess what the laws of thermodynamics tend can catch up with them and uh you know things kind of go to go south in a a heartbeat when markets change and you're not diversified and you don't own those things that have held up, you know, in times, you know, like if you look at downturns, typically not the companies that have been high flying this year are not typically the types of companies that hold up very well during downturns, quite frankly. And we haven't gotten into that. We haven't gotten the R word yet from anybody.
0: They're pretty dependent on capital expenditure and growth and all that yeah for sure
1: so we look at this and we say okay so that's one thing they've got you know lack of diversification and you know we got a 10-year period oh my goodness that's just forever (laughs) (laughs) i feel like a valley girl (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's so grody (laughs) that'll work (laughs) that'll work that that what they use nick okay i'm just looking at you i need some i need some help man (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little bit distracted. <laughs> well, you've been fixing my uh, my equipment over here while we've been talking. I'm trying to. What well, you did? A, you did a great job. It's it's working now. Okay, Thank so you. so anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a wonderful thing having technical people around you. So um, if we look at this, we go okay. So that is that's one aspect, but now here's the other aspect of it evan uh-huh. is that they had robin hood and and you asked during the break you know how yeah. did they come up with this data right you know how you know we have
0: uh the the studies that we use Dalbar mm-hmm. tracks actual flows in accounts i mean thousands and thousands of accounts yeah and so i was curious did they just take a snapshot of okay here's what people own and then they back tested it 10 years you know but yeah. Very rarely does an investor hold something for 10 years. I was trying to figure out how they even came up with that return number.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I remember a study that was done in a um, an Eastern market. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but mm-hmm. what they did in the research is they actually got a hold of data from the trading platforms. Mm-hmm. And they actually found that the investors were getting really abysmally bad results. Um, and what happened is the trading platforms stopped putting that information out there. They just cut the study off. They didn't give the mm. data anymore is what they did, which is really smart. You know, if, if you're well. dependent upon, you know, the, the li- your livelihood is dependent upon people trading and buying and selling. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you show that, you know, like if you're dependent <laughs> upon selling cars. Right. And all of a sudden you start giving out data about how many people are killed in the car that you sell. Exactly. <laughs> it's that's not, not, not a really good idea. Yeah. You know, marketing, I think, is just maybe a little problematic. Uh, so <laughs> we look at that and go, wow, okay, so they stopped putting the data out there. Well, in this particular case, the, the only the only paragraph that I actually saw that really gave me an indication of where they got this data from on how well the individual investors were doing, quote-unquote, was that they had a Robinhood Markets created an index tra- tracking the 100 most popular stocks amongst the roughly 23 million users, is what they said in here. And they were talking about mega cap stocks. And if you look at the yeah. most recent period in time, and historically, where would we expect the least return long, long run is mega caps? Because right. really, really big companies don't like to pay a lot to use your money if they can get by. Yeah.
0: I mean, the- theoretically, they're safer, and you would expect lower return investing <laughs> in a safer company. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a that paragraph is a great example of, both familiarity bias mm-hmm. if 20 you know whatever is 23 million users mm-hmm. all concentrate around the same hundred mm-hmm. stocks mm-hmm. and
1: you know hurting bias yeah, i was gonna say yes same same deal it that mm-hmm. just proves the point mm-hmm. yeah certainly and the other thing that they did is this which is very common you think about it this is common robin hood users tend to quote unquote invest in what they know and use and, yes, you know, this is a person uh, that was head of investment strategy at Robinhood and a, JC, a JP Morgan Chase veteran of about two decades. You know, so this person has kind of seen what people tend to do. They tend yeah. to buy what they know, yeah. not recognizing that, you know, that Warren Buffett quote was he knows companies in a whole different way than you or I would. He actually knows how they're run, what the management is. Buys the company because you hear about him as a person that having outperformed markets when he was. Now he doesn't anymore. Right. But back in the day, he would outperform because he would go and get on the board of directors and he'd turn the company around uh, and and do whatever he could because he he had that much money. But in the early early days, he was taking quite a risk, and he really yeah. did. He was one of those you know people that got hit a lick, so to speak. Right. So they're they're buying in what they know. Now the thing is, is this. Here is I'm, now. Here is the quote from the person that does this. You mm-hmm. ready? Ready? Here's here's here, this is what a person might be saying. This thing that I use is so good that I just know the company wants to pay me more to use my money. Now that's oh, objectively yeah. absurd, right? That somebody would say with you know that that a company just I, I use their stuff and you know what their stuff is so good I know that they want to pay me a lot. To own their stock, right? You would never come to that conclusion, and yet people don't think about it that that's the conclusion that they are actually coming to mm-hmm. in this type of a, you know, in this type of scenario where they're buying something that they know and that they use, and b- because here's what people think: Well, I know it and use it, and thereby what happens is because I know and use it, and it's really good. I know other people will like it, know it, and use it. And since they will like it, they'll buy their products more, and that should make them more profitable and make, sure, make their stock go up more. But it, what they're not recognizing is stock prices are looked at and determined based on forward earnings. In right. other words, what we expect earnings to be, it is the, the stock's price is the present value of the future expected earnings. And that information that they got a good product and people know it and they use it and they like it is built in to the stock price. So it's not that you're actually going out and buying anything because in the future all of a sudden voila, yeah, people are going to become brilliant and they're going to they're going to catch on and they're going to pay more for the stock. That's what people think, but that's not the way markets work. It's just based on a fallacy on on how markets work. So anyway, um, yeah. Who you calling dumb money? I don't want to call him dumb cuz I don't that's not nice. But I'm going to say just being ignorant. Money. There you go. Ignorance ignorance isn't stupidity. Ignorance is you just don't know something. Yes. And there's no sin just not knowing something. There is a sin maybe, (laughs) of learning something. There's consequences of not knowing something. Or there there is a problem if you kind of know the truth and you willingly go against it and then you have been logically convinced that it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, once you know what prudent is, as I always like to say, then you might want to do prudent. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.